0: Okay, so the book of Ezra. If you remember, if you were with us a couple of weeks ago, the Israelite kings were on an actual throne for hundreds of years. The last one was a man by the name of King Zedekiah. And the prophet Jeremiah was repeatedly telling him to uh, just be good, repent, submit to the king of Babylon, uh, live honorably, turn back to the Lord. He refused to do so. And Nebuchadnezzar came for the third time, surrounded the city, there was a big famine in the city because you couldn't go out or in. Uh, The king Zedekiah broke through the wall and tried to get away. This is not the kind of leader you want, by the way. It's like leaving the ship when it's sinking. And uh, he and his family uh, tried to get away. The soldiers of the enemy caught up with him, took him to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar uh, killed his sons in front of him, then plucked his eyes out and took him prisoner to, to Babylon. Not a not a good way to uh, end out your life. Jeremiah had uh, told him repeatedly, "Just submit to this guy, Nebuchadnezzar, and God will prosper you." He uh, wouldn't do it. Uh, he was a very uh, very evil, wicked guy. He had a jelly f- for a backbone. He. Said one thing and did another, but anyway, Jeremiah, during that time, he was calling Israel to turn back to the Lord. Prophesied that the Jews were going to be exiled, meaning they were going to be, um, that they were going to be exiled, taken away from Jerusalem for a period of seventy years, and after seventy years they would return. And so, two weeks ago, we read that the. Uh, the, the, the the ruler of the world, uh, his name was Cyrus. He was king of Persia. The Persians took over, defeated the Babylonians. Now there's a different uh, nation ruling the world. And this guy Cyrus commanded all the Jews to go back to Jerusalem. And guess what? It was 70 years. Exactly what Jeremiah had prophesied in Jeremiah 25, that they would be gone for Away from Jerusalem for seventy years, no temple, no sacrifices. The land would just be growing barren. And and but after seventy years, the uh, the the ruler said, "Now you guys go back, go back to Jerusalem." And so two weeks ago, we were in these chapters. They went back. Fifty thousand Jews come back to Jerusalem. Um, by order of the, uh, by order of the the emperor, but more importantly, that by order of God, because God had said, and even named this man named Cyrus something like 150 years um, before that they would return, that they would be gone for 70 years, but they would return, and as I said. Uh, a couple weeks ago, when they returned, a group of the tribe of Judah went to northern Israel. And they planted there in a place called Nazareth. And their descendants, one of their descendants, would be Jesus Christ himself. So Jesus Christ was a direct descendant of, of, of some of the Jews who, who came back. They came back, um, although they came back to the These people That we're going to read about today, they go back to uh, Jerusalem. So they're back in Jerusalem, and they they were commanded by the emperor to rebuild the temple, and so uh, that's what we are going to be seeing them doing. But let's start in verse one of chapter three. You can read with me. David, you've already passed out the Bibles, right? Okay, anyone need a Bible, you can raise your hand. It says, And when the seventh month had come, the children of Israel were in the cities. The people gathered together as one man to Jerusalem. Then Jeshua, the son of Josadak and his brethren, the priests, and Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and his brethren, arose and built the altar of the God of Israel. To offer burnt offerings on it as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. So these 50,000 people, they get back to Jerusalem. Keep in mind the temple has been completely, the temple which Solomon built, has been completely torn down. It's just rubble. It had been, um, it, what what burned, burned, and the rest was uh, 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 was torn down. There's nothing but rubble. Just think about I don't know, a church after an earthquake or something, which just completely collapses. That's what they went back to. They just went back to rubble. And, um, but on the rubble, or in between the rubble, the first thing they do is they set up an altar to offer burnt offerings as were required in the Law of Moses. The Law of Moses required a lamb be offered every morning And every evening, and that was a foreshadowing of what? Someone shouted out. Ah! The Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, verse 1, that the law was just a shadow of the good things to come. It's not an end in itself. And so they were offering a lamb... In the morning and a lamb at night, they do that as soon as they come back for, for 70 years. Uh, they, uh, had, uh, they had not done it was between, actually, it was between something like um, 50 and 70 years because there's three different exiles. Uh, so it was between something like 45 to 70 or something like that. They had not done that, and here they are doing it again. Um, it, I don't know if um, many uh, uh, if there are any in this room who you were a prodigal meaning you you started off with God you began walking with God you knew about getting together with the people of God just the blessing of being with them of uh, uh, of 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 he, being, teach, being under the teaching of the word of God, uh, being uh, with the people of God, and then you just took off. You said, not, I, I think there may be something a little better. And then you were gone for a few years. And when you came back, man, were you ready. Just like that prodigal son in Luke chapter 15 who just runs back, who goes back to his father. I just want to get back to my father's house. That's what's going on here. Notice, it's the first thing they did. The first thing, it records what they did. They didn't build their own houses. Well, i got to go back first. You know, we'll build a house, and then I'll start my business, and then we'll start worshiping God. No, that's not what happened. We see a principle in the Bible. It's what? The principle of the first fruits. God wants the first part of your time, the first part of your life, the first part of your money, um, because he knows that the heart is desperately wicked beyond cure. It says that. I think that's in the in the book of Jeremiah, and so he, he, he we get in that practice of giving him the first. That's why we uh, we 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 also highly recommend that you give him the the first of every morning and every evening. Notice that it says again, and it, it says in verse two they arose and built the altar of God of of Israel. Verse three though says though fear had come upon them. Because of the people of those countries, they set the altar on its basis, and they offered burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening burnt offerings. Now, I do highly recommend, that, you know, we're going through the book of Galatians on, on Sunday morning, so you don't want to make new testament laws we're not bound by the law we're bound by grace but just the principle that you see in the law of moses of a burnt offering in the morning and a burnt offering at night what does a burnt offering represent those of you who are with us when we're way way back when we're in leviticus chapter one a burnt offering is full consecration they took the the animal and they burned the whole thing unlike the other offerings where they ate part of it the burn offering is they burn the whole thing it was a it was an offering just it, it the burn offering uh, there's a, a a reference to those old testament burn offerings in the new testament in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 where Paul says offer your bodies as living sacrifice holy and pleasing to the lord it's it's offering your whole life And I tell you, there's nothing better than just offering the first part of your day and the very end of your day to the Lord like that. Now, if you're like me, at the end of the day, oftentimes you'll fall asleep because you're praying and you're all of a sudden you're you're asleep (laughs) and my wife and i often pray um (laughs) our our ritual that that we do some rituals are good this one is we pray together and every once in a while um she's praying and i'm falling asleep or i'm praying and she's falling asleep and and, but but it's great to end the day with a burnt offering it it, you know And, and nothing to put your heart at peace by the way than than prayer and, and, and the Bible, we, we also read a little bit of the Bible too at the end of the day as well. But it says, although, verse 3, fear had come upon them because of the people of those countries, they still did it anyway. And so listen, you guys are going to get a lot of peer pressure or pressure from whoever not to worship God, not to acknowledge God before them, to do Make sure, to, to you know, that the whole thing in the world now is, is don't do anything which, you know, people may think you're religious. Don't do that. Fooey malooey. Uh, you know, you, you should not be obnoxious about it, but, but you should have a mark or two in your life where people know that you're Christians. It says, although... They had fear, verse 3, they still did it. They still did the burnt offering. What did they have fear about? Because of the people of those countries. They were around them. They didn't worship God. They didn't, all of a sudden, can you imagine 50,000, all the stuff we read in the papers all the time about immigrants coming in and people are all in upheaval. Can you imagine just within a a week, 50,000 people show up? I mean, they they were not happy, (laughs) The, these surrounding peoples, all of a sudden, wait, hey, wh- wh- who are these people? What? And 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 so from the very beginning, and we'll see more. There was opposition to them, it, but and it says even though they feared, they did the offerings, morning and evening. And you know, I don't know what it is for you, um, what what it should be with you. I always found it valuable to just put a mark of your, of your Christianity around you. Maybe you want to just stick a Bible on your desk if you have a desk or a cube. I used to put a little picture of my wife and five kids right behind me, and it just said, Jesus loves me, right behind me, which was a, a pretty risky thing to do at a large corporation when you're a manager, which I was. They don't like managers doing that kind of stuff. No one ever mentioned a word. <laughs> And uh, people knew where I was. It's good, for, it, 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 it's, it's good for people to know where you're at. And they sure found out quick. Um, these people, the first thing they did, we hear that expression, first things first, they built an altar. Then they went about building their own houses and starting their businesses. So, great example for us. Verse 4. They kept the Feast of Tabernacles as it is written, and offer daily burnt offerings in the number required by ordinances for each day. Now, um, which one of you Bible scholars knows what time of year the Feast of Tabernacles was? Anyone? Going once. What? Wow, very good. Extremely impressive. Isn't that my daughter's boyfriend there? Wow. You. <laughs> It's in it's it's in Octoberish that type of thing, and the Feast of Tabernacles. A tabernacle is a little house, and what they did it to commemorate God's faithfulness while they were in the wilderness. They built little these little these little houses out of branches, and the idea is they look up the branches at the stars at night and actually lived in them, and it was um, to remember the faithfulness of the Lord, and 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 wow, just the. Faithfulness of the Lord. I was just uh, this, just this, this morning, just praising the Lord. My my my, my middle daughter got uh, my middle child rather got, got married yesterday to a Christian man, and I was just thinking, just the faithfulness of God. I'm just so thankful for the faithfulness of the Lord. And here they are back in Jerusalem. No, uh, the idea of them returning was re ridiculous ridiculous because they were 900 miles away and there were no bullet trains then uh, it, 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 they, the, the, the idea that they were going to go 900 miles back i don't know how that's a few months right to get back 900 miles when you're using camels and this type of thing and now they're back and they're praising the lord for his faithfulness It says um, in verse 5, afterward they offered the regular burnt offering and those for new moons and for all the appointed feasts of the Lord they were consecrated and those of everyone who willingly offered a free will offering to the Lord. And that term, free will offering, if you're taking notes, and I always say, I hope you are, <laughs> but free will offering is a good th- uh, two words to, to circle because um, some of the offerings were required. When you um, committed a sin or a trespass, you were required to bring an offering. And again, it was a foreshadowing of the offering on the cross. All those lambs, Je- Jesus was the Lamb of God when John the B- Baptist pointed him out, um, before he was baptized, when he first got on the public scene, Jesus, um, John said, there's a Lamb of God who's going to take away the sin of the world. It, every Jew who heard him say that knew he, uh, it, it was a reference to the lambs who were offered on the altar morning and evening. And so um, sin offerings were free will. Burn offerings, rather sin offerings were required, but burn offerings were free will offerings. Meaning you didn't have to give them. You didn't have to give them. And 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 these are the offerings that the Bible says specifically in the book of Leviticus, it says of the free will offerings that they were a sweet aroma to, to God. It does not say that of the sin offerings. It doesn't say that of the trespass offerings. The individual sin offerings, the individual individual trespass offerings. That was That was not a sweet aroma. But the free will burnt offerings, you can read it, it's in Leviticus 1, it says there was a sweet aroma to the Lord. So um, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 2 says, walk in love, even as Christ also loved us and um, died for us as an offering and sacrifice to God as a sweet smelling aroma. So when we freely follow God because we love Him there's like this aroma that God is pleased with. He loves it. As opposed to just obeying a bunch of laws, well this is because I'm required to do this as, as, as a Christian. I'm required to be nice at work today. You know, that, that's not, a, a, that's not a, a sweet offering to the Lord. But when we go into work and say, you know, I, 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 have, I, I don't have a I don't have a a whole lot of energy but I am going to just be a blessing to the people today because I I love the Lord. That's a a sweet aroma to the Lord. So they're offering up free will offerings um, to the Lord. Verse 6 says, from the first day of the seventh month they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord although the foundation of the temple uh, uh, had not been laid. So The temple hasn't even started yet, but they've begun to worship God. These were people who loved God. They weren't even required to go back from Babylon. They were not required to do that. These people had gone back on their own free will, and the first thing they wanted was to worship God. The temple hasn't even started at this point. Verse 7 says, they gave money to the masons, masons are the rock guys, Uh, the assistant pastor of Calvary Chapel, Cape Cod, he's a mason, he's a rock man, and the carpenters and food, drink, and oil to the people of Sidon and Tyre to bring cedar logs from Lebanon to the sea to Joppa according to the permission which they had from Cyrus, king of Persia. Now in the second month of the second year of their coming to the house of God at Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, Jeshua, the son of Josedek, and the rest of their brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all those who had come out of the captivity to Jerusalem, began work and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and above to oversee the work of the house of the Lord. So, this is just a courageous thing. You know, leadership is hard to find. And 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 the mark of a good leader is you, you know what, what is they hear they hear the call of God, go do this thing. And they do it despite opposition, despite people grumbling. You know, you can just imagine at this time, whoa, this is all like rubble, and there's nothing here, and how we're going how are we gonna do it, and we're. You know, Solomon was the richest man in the world. We're the poorest people in the world. How are we going to do this? Doesn't matter. By faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. With faith, we absolutely do please Him. They actually start the work. They actually start to to work. And the contrast to Solomon is interesting. Solomon, his father David had heaped up so much gold and silver and logs and everything, everything was ready for him and the land was so rich at the time and 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 here they are, a poor people, but they're doing you gotta do what the Lord has told you to do. you got to proceed with what the Lord um, tells you to do. And so uh, it says, there that they began the work. Which verse was I in? Do 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 do? Did I read verse eight? Yes? I I read parts of it. It says. Uh, it says in the middle. Okay, I read the. Fr- I'll, I'll start in the middle then, and all those who had come out of the captivity to Jerusalem began work and appointed the Levites from twenty years old and above to oversee the work of the house of the Lord. I think I read all of that. Verse nine. Then Jeshua with his sons and brothers of Cadmiel and his sons and the sons of Judah arose as one to oversee those working on the house of God, the sons of Hanadad with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with symbols to praise the Lord according to the ordinance of David, king of Israel. So I love this. David orders... Uh, the, the temple, after the temple was finished, actually under Solomon, uh, the, that's when the, the, the Levites came in to praise the Lord. David, his father, had previously ordered, um, I think it was 24 hour music um, at the tabernacle, and here they're beginning it only for the foundation has started. The foundation is, if you remember, the foundation is just. That concrete slab um, at the bo- at the bottom of a building, upon which everything else goes, and so that's all that's done. But they already they start the worship. There's 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 trumpets, there's there's cymbals, uh, and, and there's people singing. Verse eleven, they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for He is good. For his mercy endures forever towards Israel. Then all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Now, where it says there in verse 11, they sang responsively, and then it goes on, For he is good, his mercy endures forever. In Psalm 136, the entire psalm is a responsive song, meaning some people sing one thing one thing, and then the rest of the people respond to them. So Psalm 136 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Verse 2 says, Oh, give thanks to the God of God. His mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of God, Lords. His mercy endures forever. So one, one group of people does the first part, sings the first part. The second group of people sings the second part. And here they're singing here. They shout with a great shout. Verse 12 says, But many of the priests and Levites and heads of the fathers. Houses, old men who had seen the first temple wept with a loud voice when the foundation of this temple was laid before their eyes. Yet many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of the weeping of the people. For the people shouted with a loud shout, and the sound was heard far off. And so uh, here there's great debate and commentators disagree with one another as to what this means. Some of the people were shouting with joy but the old people who had seen the first temple meaning Solomon's temple I mean that whole thing was overlaid with gold. I mean it was uh, absolutely incredible. Although a lot of the gold was stripped off by the time they Um, were exiled it says the old men who had seen the other temple the first temple the one that had been destroyed it says they are weeping and so some people think that um, they're weeping because oh look at this lame excuse of a temple we're looking at and so they were weeping because they wanted the old temple that's what some people think, I think most people think that i'm not in the i'm not in that category i don't see how they could be weeping about that. This is just a slab of not of concrete. this is just the foundation. I just think they're weeping in joy you know th- there is such a thing as weeping with joy. I was weeping yesterday with joy d- during the day where where you know at my 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 daughter's wedding in the in the aftermath uh, you know you weep with. You, you, you weep and you can even be sobbing and i 've been in the presence of many, many people they 're sobbing because something so good is happening. I think that 's what it is. others think it's it's these old people wishing that um they're like this is this is a, this is sorry sorry excuse for a temple here um, there's even a third view, which is the old people are weeping because of the sin that had caused the temple to be destroyed. Uh, and so anyway, you can read it yourself and to come to whatever conclusion that you have, but there uh, that you want, but the here here you have um the beginning of the building of the temple. Chapter four. When the adversaries of Judah and Benjamin heard that the descendants of the captivity were building the temple of the Lord God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel, now he's the governor, and the heads of the father's houses and said, let us build with you, for we seek your God as you do, and we have sacrificed to him since the days of Aserhaddon king of Assyria who brought us here but Zerubbabel and Jeshua and the rest of the heads of the fathers houses of Israel said to them you may do nothing with us to build a house for our God but we alone will build to the Lord God of Israel as king Cyrus the king of Persia has commanded us then the people of the land tried to discourage the people of Judah they troubled them in building so they began this building project and verse 1 said adversaries what is an adversary an adversary is someone who opposes you rest assured when you start doing something that God tells you to do adversaries will be coming against you and it may be nothing but your adversary the devil it says in Revelation chapter 12 you don't have to turn there. But uh, Satan is called the adversary. In fact, um, I believe the word Satan in Hebrew means adversary. Uh, but Revelation chapter 12, verse 9 and 10, that's by the way, it's the last book of the Bible, says that great dragon was cast out of heaven, the serpent of old, who's called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. So the devil accuses you to God he looks at the things you do during the day and he goes to God and says, look at what these people that are called your children just did. But Romans chapter 8 says what? Jesus is sitting at the right hand of God interceding for us, praying to God the Father for us. And what is he saying? He doesn't have to say anything. There's His blood is there. The blood of Jesus Christ is there. And so... Though our sins are as red as scarlet, they're made white as snow, ironically, by the blood of Jesus. And so, we are, as, um, we are as Pastor Surge said last Sunday, blameless before God with love. We are holy and w- without blame before God with love. Why? Because the blood of Jesus has has wiped or purged all our sins by his blood. That doesn't stop Satan from accusing you day and night before the Father, but he's also accusing you in your own mind. Any time you try to set out to do what God has told you to do, you will have adversaries. The adversary may just be in the demonic realm, but quite often it, 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 it's people who don't like you doing what you're doing. They, they don't like uh, you declaring the word of God. They don't like you living for God. They don't like um, you being forward a, a, a about God. In First 1 Corinthians 16.9, Paul says, A great and effectual door has been opened for me, but there are many adversaries. And so people will oppose you. Your own husband will oppose you. Your wife will oppose you. Your kids will oppose you. Um, If they're not walking with God, your friends will oppose you. Before we came uh, came into the city of Boston, we had people on both sides of our family saying, no, don't move there. This is real stuff. Happened 25 years ago. Both sides of Stephanie and my family, no, you can't move there. Think about what will happen to your kids. A great and effectual door has been opened to me, but there are many adversaries. And so they're rebuilding the temple, and they're, um, they're rebuilding the temple, and it says in verse 1, the adversaries came against them. Now notice the first thing these adversaries tried to do is to, they, they tried to uh, kind of subterfuge say, hey, let us build with you. Let's do, we're going to join you. We want to build this temple with you. Jesus says what? Be wise as a serpent and innocent as a dove. We need to pray. Now, this doesn't mean that in every single circumstance, I don't know, let's just use an actual, you're, you're, we're out building a building in Boston. To go move into, and someone drives by and comes up and he goes, you know, I, I do air conditioning and I'm just looking at what you're doing and I want to do your air conditioning for you. I don't know why. And they have a good heart. It's not saying no, you and they're not, they don't happen to be a believer. It's not saying you never say yes to something like that, but you, you always pray. In this particular instance, we know these people were adversaries because verse 1 says it. So they wanted to like, get in the middle and just create confusion and weirdness. There is another reason, though, why they wind up saying no. See, verse, verse 3 says the governor, uh, Zerubbabel, and the high priest, Jeshua said, You may do nothing with us to build a house for God. Sounds really rude, but, you know, we've got to la- leave our reputation sometimes to the Lord. There was another reason, and that's because these people, yeah, it's, it, it, says there, um, it says there in verse two, let us build with you, because we too sacrificed to your God. That was actually true, but they also sacrificed to many other gods. We know this from, I forget which book it is, but in, the, in that part of Israel, um, in, the, in particularly the northern part of Israel. Um, after the Assyrians took the Israelites away, and because of their rebellion, they were going all over the place. A number of the inhabitants were being killed by lions, and they cried out to the king of Assyria, would you send some of those Jewish priests back to tell us about worshiping God because we're getting killed here? And they actually sent back some priests to teach them about God, but it was all just a charade. It It was all hypocrisy in a way because they're worshiping the God Jehovah, but they're also worshiping all their own gods. And they didn't want these people to have any part of building the house of God. Now, there's a lesson to you. At some point, you need to be very careful about joining work and hands and doing Christian work with people who really they... They've come to the point where they worship other gods and it's very common today by the way. John, can we have the um, so this is this is a sign and th- this is a sign that's right in front of the church that I grew up in. This is in front of the church today, this sign I grew up in this church and uh, for those of you who are um, going to be listening to this online it has a Muslim symbol there, it has a Jewish symbol there, it has a bunch of New Age symbols, it has a yin-yang uh, th- there as well, which is Eastern religion. It's right in front of the church that I grew up in. I was saved from this. I grew up in a church that was not a Christian church. It was not, they didn't teach from the Bible. Now, they hadn't quite gotten to this level yet but sort of kind of in some initial ways they were already going in that direction according to my father my father told me that at the time and he was not a christian at the time but he is today but he told me that um the pastor used to get together with the people in the church and get in a circle with the people and and just hold hands close their eyes say close your eyes now okay just feel the electricity Feel the electricity. That's what they used to do. Just nonsense. Just complete nonsense. They didn't believe in being born again. They they they're growing up the the churches I was in. They didn't believe in hell. They didn't they didn't they didn't teach out of the Bible or or, or if they did they didn't believe all the Bible. And from time to time, you know what happens is that there are movements to get together all the different churches to try to worship God together. But you don't want to do that with people who don't believe the God of the Bible. And tragically, some of the guys, and I just read read, um, a a book, a a Christian history book, Um, tragically this has happened, that with good intentions sometimes people say okay let's just all all the denominations all the churches get together uh, and and let's just worship God together but they go to churches like this they literally go to churches like this and they don't care um they really they, they 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 worship other gods they don't worship the God of the Bible they they don't follow the Bible or even believe the Bible and unfortunately, I've been—I was part of a prayer group uh, it, it, here in Boston, where more than one pastor who were present are from churches that affirm or have outright done same-sex marriages, and I had to get, after get, I had to withdraw from them. How can I agree in prayer with with with, with when some of the pastors um, are of this belief and I I actually I eventually did go to the leadership and say how can we really do this and they said well it's not for us to turn people down and this type of thing lack of courage that what you see here is boldness they said we we're not going to do this with you we can't sit around and agree in prayer and do a work of God with people who are bringing in other spirits because that's what it is. Make no mistake about it. Other spirits are coming in when people who worship other gods come in and try to do a work of God with you. But they did, So, verse 4, they reveal their heart, they tried to discourage them. And verse 4, they troubled them in the building. Verse 5, they hired counselors, meaning lawyers against them to frustrate their purpose all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even to the reign of Darius, king of Persia, in the reign of Ahasuerus, and the beginning of his reign, they wrote an accusation against the inhabitants of Judah and Jerusalem. So they're just making up lies, false accusations. This has happened with me before. People just saying false things. People will start lying about you. If you, over time, believe me, it's only going to be, take a matter of time till they start lying about you because the devil is a liar. Jesus in John chapter 8 said, when the devil lies, he speaks his native language. They, and, and so they're, they're, they're frustrating him. They're making lies up about them. Verse 7, in the days of Artaxerxes also Bishlam, Mithradath, Table, and the rest of their companions wrote to Artaxerxes, king of Persia, and the letter was written in Aramaic script and translated into the Aramaic language. Rehum, the commander, and Shimshai, the scribe, wrote a letter against Jerusalem to king Artaxerxes in this fashion. So what happens here is they're going to write a letter to the emperor Because the emperor who had told him to go back to Jerusalem died. And here is a succeeding emperor, and these people are going to try to convince him, get these Jews to stop their thing. I'm telling you, when you set out to do a work of God, you will be opposed. You will be opposed. And so they write him this letter. And we have in the Bible here the actual letter that they wrote it says, Rehum, the commander, and Shimshai, the scribe, wrote a letter against Jerusalem to King Artaxerxes in this fashion. From Rehum, the commander, Shimshai, the scribe, and the rest of the companions, representatives of the Deneites, the afar hmm, the Tarpalites, the people of Persia, and the Erech, and Babylon, and Shushan, and the Dehavites, and the Elamites. So all these people are coming against them. Ever get this feeling like, oh man, everyone's coming against me now, my families, my coworkers, and they don't like my Christianity. Verse 10, and the rest of the nations whom the great and noble Osnapper, interesting name, took captive and settled in the cities of Samaria, and the remainder beyond the river, and so forth. So all these different peoples are, are, are coming against the Jews here because the Jews are just wanting to rebuild their temple that God has commanded them to. And this is the copy of the letter that they sent the emperor to King Artaxerxes from your servants, the men of the region beyond the river and so forth. Let it be known to the king that the Jews who came up from you have come to us at Jerusalem and are building the rebellious and evil city and are finishing its walls and repairing foundations. So they're calling them a rebellious and evil city. Now, there is some truth to that, right? Because they had been. They had been a rebellious and evil city. Verse 13, and, and by the way, that it's all, always what the devil does. He uses some truth and wraps it around with lies. That's it's much more effective when it's, you know, when when... To oppose the way he opposes, you always, he always uses some truth with some lies around it. Verse 13: Let it be known to you, to the king, that if this city is built and the walls completed, they will not pay tax. Lie. Tribute, lie. Or custom, lie. And the king's treasury will be diminished. Lie. It's just a lie. They're all lies. People who are followers of Jesus Christ and God are the best citizens in a country. Because we're commanded. We're commanded to obey the laws. Verse 14, now because we received support from the palace, it was not proper for us to see the king's dishonor. Therefore we have sent and informed the king. In other words, because we, they're fawning over him, they're, they're flattering him, They're saying, because we love you so much, we're telling you about what these evil Jews are doing. Verse 15, and and so uh, we request that a search may be made in the books of the records of your fathers. And you will find in the book of records and know that this city is a rebellious city, harmful to kings and provinces, and that they have incited sedition within the city in former times, for which cause the city was destroyed. We inform the king that if this city is rebuilt and its walls are completed, the result will be that you will have no dominion beyond the river. In other words, if you let this thing continue, they are going to um, incite rebellions against you. They're not going to obey you. Uh, so, So lies, lies, lies wrapped around in truth. And the truth was, remember at the end, Jeremiah was telling him, don't rebel against the king, but they did anyway. So there's some truth to what they're saying. So here's a response in verse 17. The king sent an answer to Rehum, the commander, to Shimshai, the scribe, to the rest of their companions who dwell in Samaria and beyond the river, peace and so forth. The letter which you sent to us Has been clearly read before me. And I gave the command, and a search has been made, and it was found that this city, speaking of Jerusalem, in former times has revolted against kings, and rebellion and sedition have been fostered in it. There also have been mighty kings over Jerusalem who have ruled all the region beyond the river and taxed tribute and customs were paid to them now give the command to make these men cease that this city may not be built until the command is given by me take heed now that you do not fail to do this why should damage increase to the hurt of the king in other words the king just ate it all up believed all the lies and said okay stop this project make them stop Verse 23, now when the copy of, the, of King Artaxerxes' letter was read before Rehum, Shimshai the scribe and their companions, they went up in haste to Jerusalem against the Jews and by force of arms made them cease. Thus, the work of the house of God, which is at Jerusalem, ceased and it was discontinued until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And other, so they stopped it. They stopped rebuilding the temple. Chapter 5, verse 1. Then the prophet Haggai and Zechariah, the son of Edu, prophets prophesied to the Jews who were in Judah and Jerusalem in the name of the God of Israel who was over them. So Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, and Joshua, the son of Josedek, rose up and began to build the house of God, which is in Jerusalem, and the prophets of God were with them, helping them. So, very, very important. We're going to wrap it up right now. They stopped the work of the temple. Fifteen years goes by. No work is being done until Verse 1 of chapter 5, these two prophets show up, Haggai and Zechariah, and say, what are you doing? God told you to build this temple. You just stopped? And so these are two different kinds of prophets, by the way. This guy, Haggai, man, he, he was, Haggai was a tough guy. He just got right up in their face and said, that there's a whole book, the book of Haggai, about what he actually told them. And he went up to them in Ch- Haggai chapter 1, and he said, is it time for you guys to dwell in your wonderful houses while this temple is lying in ruins? What are you doing? Zechariah, on the other hand, was a different kind of prophet. He gave them very, just visions and prophecies of hope. He said, not by might, not by, uh, not by um not by might, not by human might, not by human power, but by the Spirit of God. Go do what you've been told to do. Speak to that rubble, which is all that rubble, which was the temple, and just grace, grace. So sometimes we need both, right? We need people getting up in our face and just rebuking us like poof. We need that. We need that by the Lord, but from the Lord, by faithful brothers and sisters. But there's another kind of prophet that'll come up and, you know, David says, your gentleness, Lord, has made me great. And they just need to remind you of the promises of God. So after 15 years, they started building the temple again. Now, everyone agrees, all the Bible commentators agree on one thing here. They never should have stopped. or at least they should have they should have hired their own attorneys their own counselors because as we're going to see when we pick this up again they're going to be successful with the emperor rem- uh, when the emperor's reminded hey a guy named Cyrus your guy Cyrus he told us to do this and we're only doing what he told but they didn't even bother doing that and 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 and, and so the 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 oh-so-important lesson <laughs> is when you begin to get opposition because you're doing something that God has told you to do. Don't stop. Fifteen years goes by. It says they all started getting comfortable in their houses again. They had started up their businesses, and uh, Haggai. Is going that god sends prophets what in the world are you guys doing just because there's opposition in your life you, you can't stop there is going to be by the very nature of doing god's will you will be opposed by the by the demonic realm that, who's using family members and co-workers and neighbors or whoever. I remember when we first got here, the very first time we, we had just, I, I returned here, I, I I grew up here as a little kid, but Stephanie was here for really for the first time. We were living in a house in Mission Hill, we just moved in, and a few of the neighbors are sitting in the, um, they're like sitting in the yard, a few of the neighbors are sitting in the yard next door, and we knew that they were Catholic, there was... Catholic, um, the, the neighbors on all our sides are Catholic, and, and my wonderful wife, Stephanie, goes up to to them and they say, hey, you know, I, I'd love to have you guys sometime into my house for a cup of tea. <laughs> and what was that? Is that what I said? So Stephanie went to them and said, I'd like to have you here for a cup of tea. And one of them said, we're not going to come. Because I'm not like you, this woman's not like you, and the people in that house over there, they're not like you, and that house, they're not like you. Who told this woman who, who, who we were? She had already figured, figured out who we were. Now, interestingly enough, I think the woman who she was with wound, winds up getting saved before she dies. We went into her home. We witnessed to her, read her the Bible. Pray for the other woman. She's still there. Still looking really angry, too. Uh, uh, and and we, 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 but, but, but there's going to be opposition, but you don't stop. You just keep on going. There's going to be discouraging things that happened to you and uh verse chapter 5 verse 2 is a great verse it says they heard the prophets they heard the word and they began they rose up and began they build the house again